Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to a special edition of the Inside Strategic Coach podcast. Today, what you're going to hear is my interview with two of our clients, Ali Nasser and Tish Gray, who are both entrepreneurs with a specialty in financial services. Now, what's really interesting is that regardless of their industry, you are going to hear their entrepreneurial story and the challenges that they've had, the opportunities that they have maximized, and their own growth as entrepreneurs in the program. And I know you're going to find it absolutely fascinating, again, no matter what business you're from, because all of us, regardless of industry, have a similar path that we are following. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation. So today we are talking to two very capable, powerful entrepreneurs with a specialty in financial services. So in a moment, I'm going to have them introduce themselves or different ways that they strive, different ways that they problem solve, different things that they focus on, different parts of the country. You'll get to know them very, very well in just a moment. So Ali and Tish, thank you so much for joining me. And I'm very excited that we're having this conversation today. Let's jump in and with just a brief introduction. And Ali, if you wouldn't mind kicking us off. Sure. So I'm a uh, passionate entrepreneur that somehow got thrown into financial services and got started in the business about 14 years back. The name of our firm is AltruVista. And then we have a fintech product business owners fund. And our entire business model surrounds around serving highly successful entrepreneurs, typically speaking 20 million plus of net worth with a lot of complexity. We have an advisory process specifically catered to those business owners and CEOs. Fantastic. I'm delighted to have you. And Tish, if you would be kind enough to just introduce yourself and share how long you've been in coach, what you're up to, where you're from, all that kind of great stuff. Sure. I've been SageMark Consulting for about 17 years, and I recently have rebranded due to coach. So I work mainly with Fortune 500 CEOs, executives, and board members of publicly traded companies. So I'm working with folks over 2 million in assets. And we do comprehensive planning, estate planning. We have a whole team that we bring in and bring whatever level of services and capabilities that the clients need. Fantastic. I love your stories, and we'll get into more details in just a moment. One of the things I know that a lot of people are very intrigued to know is what was life like before you joined Strategic Coach? So just to get started, let's go back to what life was like before you joined Strategic Coach, because I know that for a lot of people, they've got lots going on in their minds. So Ali, can you kick us off with some descriptions, maybe in terms of time that you were able to take off from your business, the type of clients you had? Describe your life a little bit, what it was like eight plus nine years ago. I think that one of the best descriptors is actually something that Dan came up with, where he said, rugged individualism. I remember joining Coach and reading one of the concept books about rugged individualism. And I'm like, that sounds a lot like me. I can do everything myself. I can do everything really well. And I can have some people around me to kind of handle certain activities. But really, I'm the driver of growth, and I know how to do all these different things really well. And as I'm answering this question, I'm actually going back in my mind because it's so foreign to me now to think that way. But I'm going back nine years and thinking in that mindset. And I remember my frustrations being, I can't hire someone to do this, only I can do it. This is too intricate. It needs me to be involved. And this is this and this is that. And kind of making excuses for why business had to be bottlenecked by me. And at the time, I didn't realize it was a bottleneck. I thought that's the best way to do it. Uh, I was producing at one of the highest levels at the firm that I was in, creating a lot of great results. Everyone was saying, hey, Ali, great job, pat on the back. But internally, there was something telling me I know there's a lot more that I can do. And if I could dream up the right way to get there, 
I think I could be exponentially more productive. But there was this immediate big roadblock saying, well, if you do everything yourself, that's the easy path. And if you have to train someone and get teams involved and build systems and all that stuff, that's just, ooh, that's daunting. So that was my mindset. And I knew I wanted to get to an end goal, but I wasn't sure exactly how to get there or what other things I needed to be considering. So how many free days did you take and how many team members did you have just as a starting point? So I had never taken a free day in six and a half years of business. No. No, never. The definition by coaches terms of a free day is a day where I'm not checking email. I'm not calling the office. I'm not reading some business article. I'm not talking about business socially. And that never happened. So for six and a half years, even if I took a weekend trip or I went away on a mini vacation, it was always business connected. It was an extension to my conference that I went to. It was an incentive trip. It was something connected to business. The actual full free day had not existed. And I remember six and a half years in business when I joined and I was like, I have not taken a day off by those definition ever. That's amazing. Yeah. And how many team members did you have when you started? Uh, 2009. I think it was just one. Yeah. Okay. Because I was probably my mid 20. Yeah. Just one assistant. Okay. And for comparison's sake, how many free days do you take now and how big is your team now? Well, two sides to that question. So we we scaled up first and we were at about 10 or 11 and now we're rebuilding the right team member. So we're at seven now, Mm -hmm. but we'll probably be at 13 or 14 in the next 12 months. Oh, actually, we say 12 to 18 months because I know my COO is probably going to listen to this call and saying, what are you talking about? (laughs) And then from a free day standpoint, I think I had two or three years where I had taken two to three months off. That was awesome. And now we're in a stage where we're re-accelerating and rebuilding a lot of new systems and tools. So I'm voluntarily not taking as much time off, still taking some. Mm -hmm. I'd say today I probably, I mean, I maybe get 50 to 100 free days a year now, Mm -hmm. but I think it'll get back to closer to 150 once I want it to. In the meantime, there's just so much we want to accelerate right now that I'm trying to intentionally not take as many. Yes. Well, zero to... Well, 150, which is what you did manage to do before, which was fantastic. But even to 100 is a profound, profound shift. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain amount of freedom. When we talk a lot about building a self-managing company, which, you know, I love how you talk about there's the flexibility to take more or less depending on what you're up to and how big you want to get and how fast you want to accelerate. So I love that about free days, but it's very conscious and it's very intentional and it's by your choice. And I think that kind of freedom is what a lot of people are looking for. Thank you. Great examples. Tish, I can't wait to hear about your business. So before coach, I had two team members and one part-time, and then I literally stopped all of them, literally got rid of all of them at one time, which was a mistake as well. And um, I thought that I didn't have time to travel to do the coach program, and I didn't renew for about two years, and that was a mistake. Now, I actually have internally four team members that are in my local office in Dallas, and I have seven team members that are nationally across the country. And then we do WebExes and things of that nature, but I have clients all over the country. So I fly and have the team ready to go on the ground whenever we're having a team meeting outside of Dallas. Well, that's interesting. So were you quite as national before as you are now? 
I have been for a long time, but I actually have more concentrated in Dallas and New York now. And so I actually do have, you know, a location where I meet in New York and then my location in Dallas, but Dallas is my home office. I travel at least once a month for business. So that was another thing that I was telling myself I didn't have time for more trips but really what those trips are is a break for me. And before I started coach, I didn't have free days for, I didn't even know what a free day was, quite frankly. <laughs> so now I'm working on them. I'm not where I'd like to be with free days. However, this year I've taken a six week vacation. I went to Europe and I didn't check my phone, my voicemail at all for three weeks. And then I did check it one day. And then for another two weeks, I didn't check it at all. So I finally gotten there and I finally have a team where I can trust them to take over if I'm not here. And I think that part of the letting go process has helped me and delegate more because I used to just take on too many responsibilities that weren't in my unique ability. Oh, I, there's such a rich thing of what you just said. That's very, <laughs> well, first of all, kudos for taking that vacation. And I think for a lot of people, that's a pipe dream. Yes, they can sort of imagine it. They might figure out how to spell free days, but to actually take them is sort of imaginary, but something to aspire to. So the fact that you did it and had the confidence, and we do talk about the fact that, you know, if you need to have a call-in day, it's no longer a free day. It's what we call a buffer day. But then you went back and took two more weeks of free days, and nothing fell apart while you were gone. Your team still functioned very well. A lot of our clients tell us that actually revenue goes up when they're away, which means their egos are a little dented. <laughs> which is kind of fun. They're like, how did that happen? But when you are doing your unique ability, as you talked about it, I want to dive into that concept a little bit. So unique ability, just to get all of us on the same page, is where you're doing not only what you are really, really good at. And as intelligent, committed, ambitious people, we're really good at a lot of things. But when you also add the filter of what are you truly passionate about? And I also like to frame it in terms of who are you passionate about working with? because that's another way to look at it. It's not only the activity, but it's with whom. You know, who are you most passionate about being a hero to? Who do you want to serve? Who do you want to make an impact with? And when you can really refine your business so that's what you're freed up to do, first of all, it makes some hiring decisions much easier. And then the leverage you can get from that unique ability is pretty powerful. So Tish, you were just talking about unique ability. So let's expand on that a little bit. It sounds like you're doing a lot fewer activities than you were when you started with Coach. Even if you're doing fewer activities, are they having the same impact, more impact, less impact? How would you categorize that? Actually, I'm doing fewer activities with more efficiency and more clarity. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things I didn't realize how exhausted I was all the time. And once I started getting a little bit more rest and also focusing on things that energized me as opposed to drained me, I realized that I was a completely different person in business and I was more effective in meetings. My unique ability is presentations, is being in front of people, is having that client interaction and also doing the creative design for the clients, getting ready for the meetings. So those things, the creativity and the actual presentations of those ideas, and I'm a visionary, so I like looking at the big picture. And when it comes to doing the details and the implementation of some of those, I really need to delegate that and hand that off to the right person. Because what I've realized is whenever I try to implement on the visionary ideas, they don't come out as well as they do whenever someone else actually takes that ball and runs with it. I think that's an incredible insight that you're so clear and confident about the areas and you define them really, really clearly. And I also am kind of cheering because I'm always coaching clients every week mm -hmm. on the fact that you want to have some relationship activities and some creative activities as part of your money making and your unique ability. So you nailed that. <laughs> I love it. Mm -hmm. And as you said, you're a visionary, but the implementation 
implementation of that doesn't work as well. And to have that insight and then to put a team in place who love to do everything you don't, because just for everyone's information, it's very, very, very challenging to do your unique ability unless you're surrounded by people who are unique at everything that we're not. Exactly. Ali, you talked about being a rugged individual, and there's no teamwork in that. None. You're a one-man show. You're just doing everything yourself. Right. And it's not even when I was in that stage, it wasn't my internal choice to be that way. It's almost as though in financial services as an industry, when you get trained and you start in the business, they teach you to do everything yourself. You have to be the one that gets a client. You have to be the one that takes a client through the process. You have to build a plan. You have to create financial strategies. You have to fill out applications. They teach you, and it's a completely broken system, mm-hmm. but they teach you to do everything A to Z. So undoing those habits, even if you desire, it's a process to undo those habits because you've built your success by doing all these things. And a lot of people have admired you for your ability to be able to do these different things. And you kind of feel connected, like, well, this is what got me to where I am. But sometimes what gets you to where you are is absolutely not what's going to get you to where you want to go. And breaking those habits usually involves a massive amount of courage. And then from there usually comes a huge leap. And then you look back and you're like, oh, wow, I was there before. And we're there now. And, you know, it's been a 10x change since joining Coach. It really has just financially and and life impact. I want to talk about 10x change because I think that's really key. But to put a name or a label on it, a lot of us get stuck. The level below unique is excellent. And a lot of people are stuck at the excellent trap, which I think is what you were just describing, Ali, in terms of we're really, really good. But some things we're passionate for and some we're not. And Tish, you talking about how exhausted and fatigued you were totally understand that yes and that you discovered once you got some rest that you're a different person Mm -hmm. and just what was actually possible and what you're capable of and then it's like okay look out world (laughs) i'm here (laughs) which is which is really powerful and and i i mean i'm sure a lot of people have the sense of they just need to be unleashed if they could unlearn those habits and if they could get some rest and put the right team around them, just what is actually possible that wasn't before. So we haven't talked a lot about financial results. Taking more time off is great, but a lot of people's fear is, well, if I take more time off, I'm not going to make as much money. And I'm part of my reward or my success right now is measured in dollar signs. And that, that is the scorecard for how well we play the game. I'm totally up for that. Cash flow, profit are a couple of my favorite words in business, along with teamwork. So let's talk about the difference. So both of you are taking substantially more time off than you did before. Have you lost money on that equation or made more money? What's the reality around that? Ali, do you want to jump in? Sure, I'll go first. It's a great point that you make. Most business owners think less time working is less revenue or less profit. And I almost want to argue that it couldn't be further from the truth. (laughs) And this is an example that comes to me all the time. If I have somewhere to be at 6 p.m. and I've got a dinner at the end of the day, somehow everything I need to get done gets done before 6 p.m. when I have to go to that dinner. But if I don't have a dinner and I can hang out at the office till 8 or 9, how many of us have gone through this? We end up staying at the office later and we kind of don't really get much more done. We just end up taking more time to get it done. I remember being in my first year in coach and my coach telling me, well, the first thing I do is put my vacations on the calendar for the year. And once I have my vacations on the calendar, I know my free days are booked. Family's first. That's my biggest rock. And then I'll plan business around those goals. I'm thinking to myself, wow, what happens if a major business thing happens right before the trip? 
And the feedback was, well, if you know that time is already committed to vacation and you have certain revenue goals or growth goals that you want to make, you're going to end up making those goals because you're a goal-driven person. You know that you've got to do what you've got to do and you're going to find a way. And then all of a sudden, once you've committed that time off, all these new ideas and capabilities of how you're going to find a way to that revenue unfold themselves. Mm. And then they unfold themselves in a way where it goes, how can I do less and create more? We've all heard that statement before, less is more. And when you're in any business, there's certain activities that are generating 80% of your revenue. And then there's certain activities that usually take 80% of your time that are only generating 20% of your revenue. And when you take more time off, that time you are working, you end up realizing, well, where should I be spending my time in the real revenue creation activities or in all the busy work that surrounds it? And I think that was a, a launch pad mentally for let me take more time off. Mm -hmm. And it kind of incentivized me to say, okay, let's do this. And then from a standpoint, to answer your question on, on actual revenue, I'm just thinking of the numbers of when I joined Coach. And I think I came in that second platform at the time. And yeah, it's easily 10x from when I started, both revenue and profit. And that's been nine years. And we're now on a round of going 10x again. And there's, without question, more time off. And the reasons I'm working more now this year are because I'm replacing a new set of skills. So first, I was replacing the activities that I really wasn't really great in. Mm -hmm. Now I'm in a process of replacing the activities that I'm excellent in and only doing the two or three activities that are my unique ability. Really, all those areas where, hey, Ollie's really good here, but I'm like, yeah, but someone else could do that. Even if they're a top talent, even if they're a $200,000 a year person, they can do that activity. So if I can get out of there and step up, then I could create 3x return on that person. And that's exciting because you're really separating yourself from everything except for what you're most passionate about. Well, I love that. And I love how <laughs> that you would argue that there's nothing further from the truth. Often, the more time you take off, the more money you do make, as you said, because you're so much more efficient. One of the most challenging words, I think, in any entrepreneur's vocabulary is the word no. To say no to stuff and messes. And stuff and messes are technical terms and strategic coach, by the way, which I thoroughly enjoy. So learning how to say no, what to say yes to, looking at delegating not only the things you don't enjoy doing or aren't good at or don't give you energy, but also things that you are excellent at. And that does take some commitment and courage. So kudos to you, Ali, for doing that. But then you look at, I mean, what a great business formula you laid out. You could spend 200 but you get a 3x return on it. That's the kind of thinking that happens when you're in this process. So, Tish, what have some of the results been for you? I mean, you talked, I think, about your revenue going up, but I'm sure some people would like to know, again, I don't want hard numbers, but I would love to know what kind of a return you're getting on your time and your effort. Well, I've been in the business 17 years, and whenever I started Coach, it was 2012. So I had actually been plateauing for about three years prior to joining, and I did increase. But then once again, I fired my staff and had to rebuild that. Then literally from 2012 till 2015, my business doubled. And from 15 to 17, it doubled again. So I'm hoping that it'll continue. But once again, I'm actually restaffing and hiring more people to keep up with the growth. So we really have seen a dramatic increase. And I think part of it was committing to be committed to the things I do well. Mm -hmm. And I feel like once I committed to doing the things I do well and delegating the rest, 
I actually did start making more revenue and started sleeping more. <laughs> well, which I think is such a profound comment. And Ali, you brought this up earlier, is that to do everything, to be that one person show to everything from <laughs> getting the clients, doing the cold calling sometimes, putting together the deal and the package, somehow keeping current with all of the most recent information and expertise, <laughs> and then making sure that all the forms are signed and that they initial in all the right places on the very complicated and long, like, really? How is one person going to be good at all of <laughs> those things? It's not going to happen. And I think what both of you have talked about is really honing in on what you love to do and do best and putting the team around you so that you're supported to do that and what an exponential return you get for that investment. And that is very much how coach works. So if you're wondering how these guys get these results, that's how that same opportunity, those same results are available for you as you're listening to this. So this is pretty exciting. What I want to know is also, I mean, you talked a little bit about this, Tish. You've times two and you've doubled and then doubled again. So you're four times. And two times in two years is very short. <laughs> That's a, You're on a steep curve there. But what are both of you excited about in terms of the future? What are you looking forward to? What's now possible that wasn't before? Tish? Well, I feel like in 10 years, I have defined what I want my life to look like in 10 years. You know, five years ago, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was thinking about what do I need to get done today just to get through today. Now I'm literally looking into the future and trying to plan it. And of course, we're going to have to reassess, realign at times, but I actually have goals out 10 years right now. So for me, just having those numbers and having those to look at, I actually look at my business plan every Friday. I never did that before. So those things, in addition to doing my weekly team meetings, I feel like we're getting the details together, but I'm delegating the details and I'm just doing once again, the things that I love to do, the things that are in my unique ability, looking at the big picture, but also setting goals, not just for today, tomorrow and next week, but for literally 10 and 20 years, even down the road. That's kind of incredible. The whole concept of working in versus on your business and actually having the wherewithal and the freedom of time and mental energy, which is a lot of time what that boils down to, to look at your goals every single week. I'm impressed. So you're not just, again, focused on today, but 10 years from now and what you want to accomplish. Just for fun, I'm just curious. So do you have some like travel goals or some revenue goals that you're super excited about? What's one of your goals that you're just really jazzed about? Well, one of the things that I didn't mention is whenever I was in France, I actually got engaged in Paris in front of the Eiffel Tower. So I plan on getting married. And also I've been to 37 countries around the world and I'd like to get to as many countries as I can, but I have my top 20. So those are in the next 10 years, my top 20 I'd like to get to. I also have spoken French a little tiny bit in the past. So I'd like to actually start speaking another language fluently. Also, I've recently hired a Chinese citizen as well as a Hispanic lady and taking my business international and working with a lot of foreign nationals. And that's one of the areas where I want to expand my business, which it isn't there now, but we're working on that. And that's actually, you know, in the next year, one of the goals is to have more foreign nationals within Dallas to the Chinese and Hispanic communities in business. Okay. I've got goosebumps listening to you. <laughs> so is- cool. So there's a couple things about that for me. One of them is that you're thinking so much bigger. And I'm just even listening to you about what things were like before and you didn't have the right team and you're busy doing everything. Working with foreign nationals probably wasn't even on any radar screen. But now you're able to say, okay, I'm passionate about the world. I'm passionate about visiting the countries. I'm passionate about the people there because if you're like me, that's how you feel. And now I want to make a difference and include that in my business visions. That's pretty stellar. 
I mean, that's kind of incredible. So I love how much bigger your thinking has gotten. Ali, you mentioned the word mindset earlier, which I totally dead on. It's very much what coach is all about. So what has happened for you? What's now possible for you that wasn't before now that you have this freedom and focus on unique ability and you're not exhausted? Well, you actually have free days, (laughs) which you didn't before. What's now possible for you that wasn't before? Uh, The short answer is everything. And I think that the biggest challenge for an entrepreneur is too many ideas and too many opportunities. When all of a sudden you clear up all your messes and you enhance your capabilities, the level of ideas that then exist multiply by like Mm 10,000. All of a sudden, I'm like, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. Because you have all this time because you're freed up from the day-to-day and the minutia of business. Minutia, maybe for me, but for my team members, I love a lot of those activities that for me are draining and vice versa. What it's ended up coming to in the last couple of years has been a really big journey of really crystallizing my big picture vision. And Dan talks a lot about this 25-year framework Mm -hmm. and 10X. So I've been building out my 25-year plan of what I want the total thing to look like. And as I reflected back over the last 14 years, I realized the vision got modified four times. At first, it was to help people and make money. When I first started in the business, you know, I was 20 years old. My purpose at that time was help people make money. A few years later, it was save people from the bad advisors. There's a lot of crooks in the business. And I was so frustrated by the people running around there with no strategy, no plan, and just wanted to sell a client a product to make a commission. And it drove me crazy. I couldn't stand that part of the business. So then I became like, I'm your savior. I'm just going to help you avoid the bad advisors and give you the right kind of advice. And had a a fee-based planning model at that time. And I was like 22 years old, charging fees for financial plans and kind of building a process out and loved it. Then the vision shifted to, well, we want to create a unique process that really helps capture someone's vision and values and reflect that in their planning. And that was in 08, 09. We built that process. We call it Wealth with Purpose. And then the fourth stage is, well, we really targeted entrepreneurs. My passion is being an entrepreneur. I'm, I love hearing people's vision and what they're wanting to build as an entrepreneur. Nothing excites me more than someone taking on the risk to build their vision. And I found this incredible affinity and connection with our entrepreneurial clients, especially the connections with some visionary and oftentimes high net worth, ultra high net worth entrepreneurs. So a few years ago, we basically said our business model was really now catered to highly successful entrepreneurs that truly have a vision for their wealth and want to work with someone that understands that entrepreneurial mindset and psyche. So we became solo focused in that space. And that's now created massive new capabilities is that I've got you know, over a decade of intellectual property working specifically with an entrepreneurial mindset. And when it comes to financial services, it's completely broken for entrepreneurs. The system doesn't fit their mindset, their opportunistic mindset. So to answer your question on the vision, what's happened now is I'm looking out to the future and I'm saying, how can I utilize all the intellectual property that I've built working with these entrepreneurs, this network of CEOs that loves and trusts what we do, and create an actual enterprise system that shapes the paradigm of entrepreneurial wealth? And what we're looking to do now is actually create an entire platform where across the country, potentially even across the globe, entrepreneurs can utilize our thinking system for entrepreneurial wealth and really create this massive scalability and at the same time create a huge value proposition for advisors that want to work with 
entrepreneurs. You know, I have students I teach at Rice in their financial planning program, and I have so many students that go through the program, and they're like, I really want to advise entrepreneurs. I'm passionate about this. I like it. And I'm like, awesome. I'm glad we've lit the fire. Well, let's now build a system that you can do that with. The monopoly mentality of monopoly just for me is non-existent. It's more so monopoly on the system and the ideas, but for everyone, almost in a sense of like, if you create enough opportunity in a marketplace that your competitors want to become your customers because you help them grow exponentially themselves, that's a huge thing. There's not another Ali that didn't go to coach nine years ago that I could say, hey, that guy is like this. And this guy's like, I don't know who I would be without coach, but I can tell you with a lot of clarity that my mindset and that shift in thinking has been very positively impacted by going through the coach program. And for that, I'm very grateful for that sign up. I'm kind of in awe. I'm like, I've got goosebumps from that too. And you contrasted it so beautifully. Originally, it was help people and make money. Yeah, help people and make money, yeah. And now it's this, like, holy yeah, macro. Yeah. I almost don't want to make a 25-year plan because I feel like in five years, there's going to be this even bigger plan, but yeah, I can't visualize that right now. No, that's cool. Well, you just set the big goals for 25 years, and then this is probably how you get there, sure. which is really cool. So that's so powerful. What's really impressive to me is both of you have described how this goes beyond you. So the impact is now not just local, now it's national, now it's other financial advisors, it's global. And that thinking wasn't possible. And even if that's, if you're listening to this, you're like, okay, that's not me, that's fine. But if your thinking is freed up, who knows what's possible? And you won't know that unless you free yourself up somehow. So those are, wow, I'm very inspired. <laughs> There's so much more I could ask. But the thing I'm going to focus on now is in terms of, you know, people in financial services listening to our conversation, what advice would you give them? What do you wish someone had told you as you were thinking about the growth of your business? What advice would you give? Tish, could you kick us off with that one? Sure. As a business owner, I'm always concerned with the balance sheets and the cash flow. I like to think of myself as fiscally conservative, not cheap, but I wish that someone would have told me <laughs> to, if you invest in something and think of it as an investment, especially when it comes to people, the people that are in your organization, but also the people you surround yourself with whenever you're not working with your clients. And Strategic Coach has actually provided that for me. It's almost sounding boards whenever I'm at my quarterly meetings. And initially, what really stopped me from starting Strategic Coach earlier than I did was I just didn't want to pay for it and take an airplane more than I already was and what I didn't realize is it was going to energize me and it would allow me to focus clearly and have clarity and have definition and have defined goals that I wasn't doing on a daily basis. And on a quarterly basis, it allows me to refocus and say, do I need to change course or do I stay on course? Strategic coach for me is an investment. It's not only an investment, but I've made some really good friends and have some really amazing relationships. And I look forward to seeing those people and strategizing with them. So for me, I wish that somebody would have told me, don't be cheap. And this is going to be an investment for you personally and professionally. I love that. That's fun. Okay, Ali, what do you wish someone had told you? So I was listening to a speech the other day and the speaker said, if you don't have the time to meditate 30 minutes in the morning, you need to meditate for an hour. And it hits home because if you're too busy to do strategic planning for your business, you need coach like times two. <laughs> and if you can't take two days away, you've got a serious problem. 
and now I, you know, when I first went into coach, I'd fly in the night before, leave the evening after. Now I go for like three days. And I want to get to a point to where it's a week every quarter that's fully dedicated to strategic planning. You can't read the label when you're in the jar. (laughs) I've never heard that. I love it. And sometimes you've got to get either someone else to read that label or you have to get into a position where you're so away from your business, you can kind of get out of the jar a little bit and see what's going on. And when you go to coach, that's that time. Because you cannot focus on the here and now and the day-to-day at the same time you're focusing on that long-term strategic vision. So for about a week or a few days each quarter, I'm looking out to the big picture. And when I get back, as much as I try as hard as I can to focus on, all right, what do we need to get done and moving in the next 90 days? And then you can look up again and say, okay, what happened? How are things going? Let's measure our success and let's re-strategize for the next quarter. That process is really valuable. And I don't know an entrepreneur personally, and, and I've made a lot of friends and coach that doesn't find you know, incredible value from that process alone, separate from all the amazing tools and ideas and concepts and things you learn in coach, but just that process alone of leaving town and spending time looking at the strategic vision for your business, it's huge. So we're doing this because we love coach. And we've had an experience where coaches made a positive impact on our lives. And we're happy to take the time to invest in coach because we know it makes a positive impact on people's lives and we want to share that. And if you're passionate about the future of your business and you want to grow and you really feel compelled to join a network of other entrepreneurs that are like-minded, coach is your spot. So just do it. I love it. So thank you both. I really appreciate you both sharing your experience. And again, a lot of it, I didn't, I didn't know any of the details. So this is impressive to me. And when I look at where you started from, where you are now, but also where you're going, it's incredibly impressive and exciting. So thank you very much for sharing that experience. And as you're listening to this, I want you to see what resonates with you. You know, if putting a team in place around you so that you're freed up to focus on your unique ability, if you want to get away from the stuff and the messes and and stop making them as some of us are wont to do, and really figure out who you best want to impact and serve in your business and how can you be freed up to do that. And, you know, the freedom of time and money and relationship and purpose, if that resonates with you, then coach is likely the right home. I described it to someone who was starting the workshop the other day. I said, this can be your entrepreneurial home. I want you to feel like you can relax. You can take a deep breath. You're amongst friends. You're not strange here. (laughs) It's all normal. Whereas a lot of times, we don't really fit into some other environments. So if this is resonating with you, just do it. Stop overthinking about it. So it really, really does work. So as you said, you know, if you're excited about your future, if you want to experience some of the same results that you've talked about, Tish, then I would just really strongly encourage you to take action. So figure out which date is great for you, which coach is best for you, and know that making the investment in you will pay off because it is an investment and you are completely and totally worth it. We make it really simple for you to really get started and activate those big dreams and visions that you have. So again, Ali and Tish, thank you, thank you, thank you. I've really enjoyed this conversation. 